Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today I have my friend Jeff Lester of Hunt Hard Outfitters and Hunt Hard Gear on the line. Jeff, how you doing? Great, great. Jay, how are you? Good. I look forward to speaking with you. Um, last time we talked, it was before the season, and let's start out and talk about New Mexico. Um, how was the archery hunt in New Mexico? Um, pretty terrible. Uh, I mean, it was... Uh, I've heard that across the board. Uh, tell us about it. Um, probably, quite possibly, the worst elk hunting season uh, to date in my career. Um, from what standpoint, Jeff? Well, let's let's back up here now. Um, I had my own tag also um, that I hunted in New Mexico, and uh, so so in elk hunting terms, it wasn't it wasn't that the elk hunting was just terrible. It was just the size is really bad. So horn growth is at probably one of the lowest. I've ever seen. Um, I mean, not to say there isn't a good bull here and a good bull there. I mean, I've seen a couple of really good bulls killed, but as a whole, it is really down. I'm guessing 40 to 60%. Um, and, and I'm one guy. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, I know of a, of a number of really solid elk that were killed in the archery season, but as a whole, the bulls that we were hunting, um, you know, we had a couple of decent solid elk that we were hunting, but, uh, the, the, the days of, or, you know, passing, you know, the 320, 330 kind of bulls to hunt the 350 plus bulls, that was almost not existent in most of the units we were hunting. Um, some of the Gila units, um, fared a little better. Uh, you know, we had some guys in, in the first hunt and a couple of hunts and, and we were hunting some pretty solid bulls. One exceptional bull that ended up actually getting killed, and it was a three eighty seven by seven that did get killed. So, but it was just uh, like on my hunt personally. Um, I saw in scouting and hunting, I saw probably sixty bulls, and I don't think I saw a bull over three fifteen. Wow! So are you so, talking bulls that would normally be a you know, 356 by 6 were like a 300 or a 310 type, you know, just total droughted backs, no fifth points, like just short beams? Yeah, so what happened is I, I actually saw that I, that I could actually tell there was three bulls in my hunt that I had located that were bulls that I had seen last year on the hoof. And one of those bulls was probably 40 inches smaller than he was, I mean, smaller this year than he was last year. The other bull um, was a bull that was probably pushing 370 last year, and that bull might be, might touch 320 this year. Wow. So, and I know those are the same bulls I hunted. I mean, mostly droughted fifth, is that what you're talking about as far as... Yeah, so what you're... Droughted fifth? Yes, what you're seeing is you're seeing good front ends, um up to the fourth point, and then from the fourth point on, depending on where they were at growing in velvet on that fourth point, some of the bulls looked like they literally came, like they started so late that, you know, they're in the, they're in the growing stage and they started hardening up, you know, at the end of, at the end of August and, and they just quit growing, hardened up and rubbed off. So you're seeing real blunt back ends, blunt fifths, I mean, blunt fourths and, 
and little crawdad pinchers for their their fifth and sixth, you know. Yeah. Really bad on the back end, and I saw multiple multiple bulls that looked that had that look. Um, what, what I, I can't even think of a bull that I saw with a big fifth in the unit I was hunting, and and we ended up like I said, we've killed. Uh, I think we killed seven for fourteen in archery season, and we did take a couple of you know decent, nice, solid bull elk, but it was you know we passed and passed and passed and passed bulls looking for you know real you know something really solid, and it, it's just it was tough, really tough. To find that upper age class bull, in New Mexico. Um, well, let's you know the September first hunt can be a, a a kind of a bear of a hunt, you know, because it's very rarely do you ever get you know solid rut action in the first through the seventh, and then after that, you you t- things tend to pick up. And with the way the moon was this year, I kind of figured that that second part of that hunt would be pretty decent. And we had a little bit of rut action, but it was it was really off as well. And I don't know if the dry weather has anything to do with those elk, those cows coming into estrus and stuff. But I mean, it was it was uh, it, there was nothing to write home about. I mean, it was quiet, very very tough. And then I just come off the Arizona hunts, and uh, it, it's it was it was you know really super super extremely hard, uh, tough hunting in in the units on the east side of the state. So I'm not you know about- like I said. Go ahead. When you talk about New Mexico specifically, uh, the firearms hunt are going to be coming up here like the second week in October and and what have you. What are you expecting for those? I'm sure you have hunters for some of those firearm seasons coming up in New Mexico. Uh, What's your thoughts? You know, potentially could you hear a lot of bugling in October because they didn't really bugle much in September? That's number one. And number two, with the, you know, the droughty conditions and antler growth, what are you thinking? Um, no, I won't expect, I won't expect those, you know, the youth hunt, we probably will catch some rut action, but I'm expecting things to wind down around the 8th to the 10th. Um, so those first gun hunts, I'm not expecting a ton of rut action on those hunts as well. I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm one guy and, and with the guides and everything, the, dis, you know, the discussions we've had, you know, some guys got into, of course, more rut action, the guys that were hunting the Gila units you know, tend to, they, they got into a lot more rut action there and had some, you know, real, a lot of vocalization with the bulls. So, you know, certain places, it's pockety and certain places, you know, were really, really good, you know, and so I'm expecting that rut, you know, to be, to start tapering off the same as it normally does, you know. Okay. Um, let's take a quick break here to hear from the sponsors, and then I want to dive in and talk about Arizona and your experiences there. I want to thank uh, GoHunt.com. Cody Nelson, my friend, is the uh, new optics manager. He's the glassing guru, the optics authority. If you guys have any need for binoculars, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, tripods, anything to do with optics, give Cody Nelson a call at 702-847-8747, that's extension 2, or you can send him an email directly that he gets uh, immediately at optics at gohunt.com. He's promised that he will take care of the J. Scott Outdoors podcast listeners. Uh, so give Cody a call. I also want to thank kuyu.com. Uh, obviously, the hunting community is 
uh, still in disarray and still in disbelief of uh, the, the passing of Jason Harrison, the founder of Kuyu. Uh, but it's been awesome to see the Kuyu Nation uh, reach out and support uh, each other and support the company. I want to thank Kuyu. That's K-U-I-U.com for their sponsorship of this podcast. And then Canyon Coolers. If you guys are in the market for a new cooler, uh, make sure to use the J. Scott promo code. Check out CanyonCoolers.com. You're going to get a 10% discount. Jeff, um, New Mexico sounds rough. Uh, Arizona, you, you just got off the archery hunt in Arizona, I believe, in Unit 1 and 27. Were they better than New Mexico uh, as far as antler growth? And how did they compare with bugling? Uh, for for the antler growth, I would say Arizona fared a little better, um, even though we were just as dry. Many of the New Mexico units are arid to begin with, which they don't have a lot of natural water. You know, I'm not saying there's not a few springs, but some of the, there's a couple of units we hunt that literally have hardly any natural water in them, and uh, it's only cattle water, windmills, dirt tanks. And the country right now looks beautiful because we really got hammered this monsoon season. So the feed on the ground is super heavy, looks beautiful, looks great, but everything just came too late. And, and Arizona and New Mexico coming off one of the driest, or at least this region of, of western New Mexico and eastern Arizona is coming off one of the driest consecutive 12 months in like 75 years. So um, Arizona did fare better mainly because you have a little more natural water. We have some creeks and better springs, and it's their mountain, it, mountainous units, the same as the Gila. So if you stretch the Gila over into Unit 1 and 27, you get that kind of that same, that same uh, terrain. Those elk fared a little better. You know, they had a little bit of maybe riparian area, or they had, you know, some of these bulls probably camped out close to springs. They got some good green feed and browse. So they fared a little better, and... It's not to say there hasn't been some giants killed. I mean, there has been some true giants killed. And, uh, but as a whole, the elk have suffered. You know, you know, I've even heard that the San Carlos and the Fort Apache are down. Um, whether that's true or not, I mean, I'm just speaking from what I've heard, that they are down um, from, from, you know, on horn growth as well. So uh, Arizona, you know, I just got off the 14-day... Uh, archery hunt um you know we were hunting one in 27 um you know one fared better than 27 i would say as in rut action the guys in one were getting into a lot more um uh, you know bugling bulls and and lots of lot you know a lot of you know bigger groups of elk and stuff 27 um probably the poorest archery hunt i've seen ever uh ever ever Wow. No comparison. Worst, worst archery season on record by far. Um, Let me ask you a question for those for those guys out there. Say that like Unit Twenty Seven. I mean, I know you love Unit Twenty Seven. If this year kind of sucks across the board from a harvest perspective and from just bugling and all around, um, do you think they'll beat create some holdover bulls where? Uh, with the great moisture that we've ha had, and if we could have some, you know, decent winter moisture, I mean, that next year there potentially could be some great holdover bulls. Well, that's interesting you ask that, Jay, because that gets right into, you know, the movement of elk. And we, you know, for the last few years, 
myself and a number of other guides and outfitters have talked about how Unit 1 during the archery hunts has picked up a lot more elk, meaning we feel like a lot of these bulls and even maybe cows are coming out of 27 and moving into 1 during the archery season. And then in the late hunts, they may you may get a, a big influx of bulls back into 27. Now, whether that is really happening or not, I mean, again, this is my opinion. And uh, I have seen that. I feel that that is kind of what is happening. Um, and then when the late rifle hunt comes on, you know, we have an all, you know, we have a super high amount of late rifle tags in 27 this year, and they added 50 more late rifle tags to Unit 1. So after this season, the way the age class has been getting whittled down over the last four or five years, it's going to be really interesting to know what we are going to have for holdover, and that's all if people are passing the bulls. Now, you know, people are, you know, if they continue to search and hunt for what what is better or if they're going to start taking what is left. And if they start right. taking what is left, we could be in for some, some tough, a few, you know, some tough years if, if the numbers don't get cut on certain places. And, and, the, and again, this is my opinion, whether someone agrees with me or not, this, you know, I'm not a biologist. You're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> yeah, I'm entitled to my opinion. Exactly. And, you know. And, uh, but let, let's, you know, I, I honestly believe that let's not talk trophy. Let's not talk trophy numbers. Let's just talk amount of elk. I believe the amount of elk in some of these units is at an all time low. Now, whether I'm right or wrong, I'm just saying I've been hunting these units for 25 years. I grew up here. I'm born and raised in Springerville, eager. Um, so I've been in these woods my whole life and every year it seems to get a little tougher and, you know, you've got the wolves, you've got, you know, the coyote situation right now is off the hook. I've never seen and heard so many coyotes in all my life in, in, in the woods this year. It's really, I mean, really bad that the coyotes just really getting after it in the morning, really shut the elk up a lot. Um, just kind of a start, you know, a little strange, you know, so it's not that, you know, to the listeners out there, people are like, well, I've got all these points, you know, and for years we've been, we put people in for these units off, based off what we have done in the past. So we tell right. hunters, oh, this is a great hunt, one of the best hunts in the state, and it always has been. Well, things are, things have started to change, so we're having to, you know, I, you know, back up when we, when we sell these hunts and, and say, hey, you know, it's it's this is right now is in a in a time where it's not what it once was, um, in the sheer numbers of the elk. You know, you just there's not very much competition for, you know, a bull and his cows. You don't have the satellite bulls that are that are you know trailing the herds of elk. Um, where the two big groups of elk are in the unit I was hunting, there's you know there was just tons of people hunting them, and there was lots of young three- and four-year-old bulls that didn't break 300 inches. So, you know, we didn't really pay attention to that now. So, right. you know, in this in this last hunt, I hunted an absolute giant bull. Um, it's the bull I actually, I've told the story on the podcast before about my 2016 tag myself, that the bull, there was a bull that wore me out pretty much, and I just couldn't keep up with him. And I actually, we located that bull this year. We found him again, and we hunted him for 14 days straight. 
I lost 19 pounds in the last three weeks. <laughs> and the bull is, was, I mean, I, I want to almost say he was unkillable because, I mean, we had him dead three or four times solid, but we just didn't get it done. And uh, he ended up getting killed yesterday. Um, Brad Hale killed the bull yesterday. Um, super bull, super, you know, great bull. How big? And um, I had him at uh, low 90s to upper mid 90s, uh, 395. Um, whether I'm right or wrong, I could be off a little bit. The bull's super massive. It's got a super, you know, great look. Um, just a just a stud of a bull. Um, I called him Wishbone because his front eye guard split. Uh, they came uh, away from his uh, nose, probably two foot, or you know, nineteen twenty inches from tip to tip on his first uh, on his eye guards. Wow! And he really split out wide, and the bull's really massive. Like I said, I hunted him in two thousand sixteen um, for eight days, and then I lost him, and. Uh, I located him second day of the hunt this year and hunted him the entire season uh, and, you know, just couldn't put it together. And there was another, um, some other guys that were hunting him as well. Uh, and he, he eluded a lot of guys over the last, you know, few hunting seasons. So he's, you know, this bull was... <laughs> really wily and he was in super super nasty rough country so he was really hard to to keep up with when he'd when he'd go to move you know and um but anyway so like i said there's some giant bulls still i mean it's not like there's you know there's always in that 27 in one country i mean especially in 27 those bulls there's bulls that can get away and and find holes to live you know during throughout the, the late rifle hunts so my hat's off to brad i mean brad killed him and and it's a great bull and you know, he's a local here in town, and, um, you know, he's guides, and uh, dad's an outfitter, and so he got it done and got him killed in the rifle, you know, in the trophy hunt. Awesome. So, awesome. Um, That's cool. I can't wait to see pictures of that. Um, I just posted it on my Instagram, um, the video of him, because now, since he's dead, I guess I would posted a video of him, uh, of the bull. Um, like I said, he's a beautiful bull, and, and now, but the rut action that we... The what? Was he bigger in 16? No, no. I, I no. don't think he was bigger. I, I had a discussion with another guy that kind of knew about the bull, and he thought he was bigger in 16. Um, I, I did not think he was, um, but uh, it's definitely the bull I hunted in 16. I mean, it's, it's the exact same look. He just put on a, a little more length and a lot more mass. I think he's a little, he was lacking on his fifths a little bit on his back end, and that could have been part of this drought. But he was lacking on his back end a little bit this year compared to last. And, uh, and you know, the rut action, very, very spotty in, in these units over here. Certain, you know, a lot of guys give reports of the one, the, you know, the elk in one being talking a lot more. And the bulls in 27 being spotty. Um, mornings were mostly done by 8 o'clock. There was nothing happening. Um, out of 14 evenings, I had two evenings of rutting elk. Wow. Where I heard bugles. There was, I, I had multiple, maybe eight, eight evenings where I never heard an elk bugle until after dark. Wow. 
Now, I'm hunting pockets, and I was hunting a bull. So you know as well as I do, Jay, that that changes things. But the guides were having pretty tough evenings as well. Um, you know, I know some guys over in 3A, 3C, they were getting into a lot more rut action. Um, you know, it's a completely different terrain, completely different unit. Uh, but they were they were getting into, you know, it sounded like a lot more rut action than we were in some of the units we were, like, you know, 27 and stuff. So I don't know. I think it's kind of spread across the board. I, I've had different reports from so many different units, you know, 9 and 10 and 7 West and different places how things were really off up there as well, you know. So I don't know. I don't know what to put put it on. Um, you know, I just definitely think our elk numbers have taken a beating um, due to the higher tag numbers in the late rifle hunts. And, you know, guys with points, um, it'll be a discussion we have, like what do we do with the clients that have points and people that are looking for a good quality elk hunt. I'm not saying some of these hunts aren't still really good. And right. hopefully there is some holdover for next year. Just have to adjust the expectation year. level, right? The what? Just have to adjust the expectation level. The challenge as an outfitter always is you're, you know, you're trying to get a client for the hunt, and you, he's talking to other guys, and it's like, man, if I adjust the expectation level too much, they're not going to go with me. Um, so I know it's always well, Jay. I've seen, us. yeah, I've seen that happen numerous times in my career. I lose hunters because I simply tell the truth. <laughs> and <laughs> you try to tell people that they, they want to, people want to be told that they're going to kill a huge bull. Right. And I simply am not that outfitter. I just won't tell people that. I mean, you know, like right now, I don't have a trophy hunter. I could have hunted wishbone and killed him with a hunter. And I just didn't have a hunter because people that called this year, I had guys that wanted me, I had a guy that basically asked me to guarantee him a 380 plus bull, and I said, I won't do it. I said, we'll, we'll hunt, and I said, I'm sure I'll find a good solid bull to hunt in archery season, and if we're lucky enough, we'll put a bullet in him in the late, in the, in the trophy hunt. And, uh, you know, some of these guys went with other outfitters. I'm just not that guy that, you know, I'm just not going to just blow smoke just to cash someone's check. Yeah, for sure. Okay, looking forward, Arizona late rifle hunt number one do you have any openings for the units that you hunt on the late hunt that's number one and number two uh what do you anticipate how will the hunt be um i do have openings still left on the late rifle hunts i'm, I'm actually i have kind of one of the lower bookings that i've had in in a number of years this year and i had a cancellation as a, on a guy as well so i do have uh, a couple of spots left for the late rifle hunts in one or 27. Um, and then my expectations are, and this is kind of, this kind of goes into New Mexico as well. Um, you know, I'll have talks with the hunters when they come, we'll sit down the evening before the hunt and we kind of go over the year and kind of what to expect. And I expect guys to, you know, if people are, you know, paying to hunt, I want them to be happy with the hunt. So if they choose to shoot, a lesser bull than than maybe they had expected. That's their choice. But in New Mexico, especially, we like guys to you know we we had some archery hunters, and my hats off to those guys. They passed bulls, and they said, "Hey, it's not the best of the you know year. Um, we'll come back next year, and we'll we'll give it, give it heck, and we'll try to get after it. And hopefully, there'll be some good holdover, and we'll have some moisture, and the bulls will be better." Um, 
that doesn't always happen. Some people will shoot bulls that are 30 or 40 inches smaller than normal. And, you know, that's ultimately their choice. And we try to, you know, we're not trying to say yes or no. Um, but it's just the fact. So I'm expecting this late rifle hunt to be, um, you know, it's going to be, you know, an average hunt. It's for size. I'm not going to, there'll be a few big, big giant bulls probably shot that made it. And I know of some bulls that didn't get killed in archery season that, uh, that should be back in the late rifle hunts. And, and so, but it's going to be, the average is going to be down. I'm guessing if you were to do an average score, you know, of, of the average bull taken, that's a six by six or better. I'm guessing 20 or 30 inches smaller than normal will be about the average. Lots of 280 to 300 inch bulls out there right now. Lots of that. So, um, and then next year it's going to be, you know, depending on the winter we have, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting to start see and to see what we have as our crop next year. Um, you know, so I don't know, man, it's, uh, you know, I've racked my brain trying to figure all of this out and, uh, you know, to try to, you know, you know, answer the, you know, the questions of the hunters and uh, to, to fulfill their expectations. You know, when you built your business off killing trophy class bulls, you know, it's, it's, it can, it can be for make for tough seasons on years like this because, you know, I, I don't necessarily really like shooting bulls that are way, way droughted out because you know that it's that kind of year. And, but guys that waited for a long time to get these tags, they want to go home with an elk. And I don't blame them for that. Right. And, you know, it's not always about the trophy. The hunt has a lot to do with it. And I've, I've been able to, you know, some of my New Mexico guys have understood that. And, and I always, you know, I tell people, if you're going on one elk hunt in your lifetime, it, it could be different than if you've hunted elk multiple times and you have the ability to say, well, I'm going to pass this year and I'm going to hunt and I'm going to try to kill a good bull. But if we don't, then, then I'll push it off to another year. And, you know, you get that 50-50 hunter that is willing to do that or not willing to do that. And, and that's, you know, the, the trophy is in the eye of the beholder. It's yeah. not to say that a 320 bull is not a trophy to some people. It is, and that's fine. And and I have nothing against that. So, you know, meat in the freezer is meat in the freezer, you know. And, uh, sure. you know, we'll just, have to, we'll just have to hope for better years when it comes to, you know, uh, horn growth and, and the quality of the bulls we're killing, you know. And, you know, even the better bulls that have been killed this year, you look at their back ends and it's a great big old bull and then his back end is lacking. You know, it's just... That in the end, I almost think these elk shed late. A lot of these bulls shed, drop their antlers really late, and they just didn't have that growing season that that they normally get. So I don't know. Well, I, that I, makes sense. Well, Jeff, I really appreciate you spending time with us, giving us an update on New Mexico and Arizona. I want to give you a chance to let people know how they can reach out to you. Uh, how they can find you, follow you, uh, talk to you, what have you. Um, so would you do that, please? And I'll try and link it up in the show notes as well. Uh, on Instagram, we're hunthard um, underscore gear. Uh, that's our Instagram handle. And then uh, Facebook is, you know, hunthard on Facebook and hunthard.com. Um, and then go under the outfitter and guide section there uh, to find us on, on the web. 
and then uh, of course you know anybody that needs to you know call call me direct is 928-245-2668 that's my cell and that's my direct and the text messages are always best during hunting season if you're interested in looking at booking a hunt for this year or next year um, that's how you get a hold of us um, you know a hold of me directly Jeff, I always Hello. appreciate having you on. I appreciate your your straightforward, uh, up, you know, the way you do things, and uh, love hearing the stories. And God bless you, man. Thanks. Uh, we'll be chatting uh, down the road. Uh, wish you the best on the follow up on the firearm seasons in New Mexico and Arizona, and we'll have to recap after those and see how you did. Okay. Ten four sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Jay. All right, buddy. God bless. Take care. Okay. See ya.